haven't checked out the video that has gone viral from last night, if we remember yesterday's story, Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I didn't know he had a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I guess because of The Apprentice? Certainly. Anyway, somebody had defaced it. Well, last night, dozens of people showed up in support and against Donald Trump at the star. Oh, boy. Including a woman in... American flag pants singing the national anthem. Oh, boy. At some point, punches were thrown and dozens of men were in a fight. And that video has gone viral. We'll have that, I hope, at armstrongandgetty.com. I will be watching it as soon as possible. (laughs) That is some lowbrow stuff. I'd say. To follow up what should be an enlightening discussion with Lee Ohanian, a senior fellow at the Hoover Institution and also a professor of economics and director of the Edinger Family Program in Macroeconomic Research at the University of California, Los Angeles, popularly known as UCLA. Uh, Mr. Ohanian, welcome. How are you? Hi, good morning. How are you? May we call you Lee, sir? Absolutely. Thank you very much. So, listen, uh, we've been talking about this. We come neither from a we-hate-Trump nor a we-believe-every-syllable-out-of-his-mouth perspective. Uh, we're curious what you think about the uh, the current trade skirmishes going on with various friends and adversaries around the world and, and where it might lead. Yes, well, there was um, a bit of good news yesterday in that uh, you know, the United States and the European Union um, essentially agreed uh, to continue trade talks, but most important, agreed not to escalate any further imposition of tariffs, which would have included a 25% tariff on EU automobiles, uh, which would have made Volkswagens, Audis, Mercedes-Benz, Porsches, all 25% more expensive than they would have been, it really would have shut down the markets for those cars. So I think what came what came out yesterday was very good news. Well, and I don't have the wording in front of me, but they also said something to the effect of, we are working toward a tariff-free relationship. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably cheap talk. Um, tariffs... On average, tariffs between the EU and the U.S. really are already quite low, right around three or four percent on average, uh, and that includes you know thousands of goods which have no tariffs whatsoever, and then you know a few goods, particularly agricultural goods, on both sides that have quite high tariffs. Um, so tariffs are already quite low. Uh, I think it would be great if we made further progress. Agricultural producers are always great lobbyists, so it's really tough to get rid of tariffs on those goods. But you know, we'll 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 see what happens as we go forward. Well, just so before we move to the you know the other part of the trade war, so do you feel like Trump did some good on that particular angle? We're going to end up with a better deal. Well, you know, the U.S. Uh, is certainly claiming victory here. Um, not, we didn't really get anything out of that. Uh, there was just an agreement to continue discussions. Uh, if there's concrete progress, then that would be fantastic, and I think he can claim victory. But a claim of victory right now is premature. Well, we got the big soybean sales to Europe. That was significant, wasn't it? Yeah, so part of the agreement is that Europe or the EU agreed to purchase more soybeans. And really what's going on there is that most of our soybean sales go to China because China retaliated. I mean, this gets complicated. Because China retaliated with tariffs on soybeans. Now soybean sales, uh, U.S. soybean exports have declined. Prices are falling. The EU would have bought more U.S. soybeans anyway because prices are declining. So I don't think we're really getting anything more than we would have, you know, in the absence of all of this. 
Leo Hanian, senior fellow at the Hoover Institution, is on the line. So the, the then the weather forecast for Europe is pretty positive. We seem to be on more or less the same page, and that's good. Although, as you pointed out, it, it's always been okay. Uh, how about our, our somewhat difficult to explain uh, disagreement with Canada? What is going on there? Right. Well, you know, that is one of our biggest trading partners. Uh, we have tons of flows of goods uh, back and forth. Um, you know, really, one other item I wanted to mention about Europe is that the EU and the U.S. now agreed um, really to join forces and gang up on China for what that's worth, uh, and in particular to deal with Chinese, uh, what they call Chinese theft of international uh, or intellectual property. Um, in terms of Canada, um, you know, there are these issues about... Um, NAFTA and redoing NAFTA. Uh, NAFTA is now a 25-year-old law. I think for the most part, it's really worked well for the U.S. and for Canada. Independent of what the president says about trade, it's probably time to revisit the law anyway for many reasons, including the fact that we have so much international electronic commerce, which 25 years ago was not even a spark on the eye of the mm. trade negotiators. Now, I've called for war over Canadian belligerence. Do you support the call for war with Canada? I mean, <laughs> ideally you do these things over the negotiating table because everybody just loses so much. And I think it's really, I don't know empirically of any, of any instances where we see one country having a bigger stick and achieving something positive. Right. Uh, it's all about mutuality, really. Right? So in, in the time that we've got, we've got to get on to the, you know, the big dog, the battle with China. Is there any realistic expectation that we can make China blink and back down and come out with a good deal there? <laughs> it's so hard to predict that because China just really marches the beat of a different drum when it comes to their economy. With Canada, And they have no political pressure. And they have no political pressure. Absolutely right. They have no political pressure. And uh, their citizens are still emerging from from decades of just abject poverty and and living in houses with no electricity and limited clean water. So for hundreds of millions of Chinese, there's just enormous progress and they just simply don't even have any idea about about these issues. So you're absolutely right. There's no political pressure for a number of reasons. And I think it probably will be difficult to get gains from China. I think it's going to take more than the U.S. and the EU. I think it probably would take other countries as well, perhaps Russia, uh, Japan, to put pressure and to really make significant gains with China. What did you think about the U.S. getting out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership? Uh, I, th- I mean, personally, I thought that was a mistake. Um, I mean, looking looking at tariffs for the last 50 years, there's just been enormous progress. Uh, tariffs have tariffs have fallen on average decade after decade. The world tariff rate, when you look at all the tariff duties collected and you look at all the international trade that goes back and forth between countries, it's about 2%. Um, That was as high as perhaps 15 or 20% back in the day. So I think if people are patient, we have in process a number of agreements and a protocol that's led to freer trade over time. I think that would continue. I would like to think that it would continue with China and may take a long time to make that with China. But I think 
Certainly, the historical record is one in which world leaders have succeeded in producing freer trade. Okay, so the president's just a little less patient and wants to get it freer and fairer now as opposed to letting that slow erosion happen. Okay, I can understand that. Leo Haney, and senior fellow at the uh, Hoover Institution. Uh, Lee, we sure appreciate you taking a couple minutes with us to help folks understand this. Thanks. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Great. Thanks. Bernie ran against TPP. Hillary flipped on it and then ran right. against it also. And <clears throat> Trump was against it. So politically, there was nobody representing it. Yeah, my understanding was it was a way for everybody but China to muscle up and put pressure on China and to make f- trade a little freer and fairer. I, I respect people who think it still gave away way too much. Mm. That's not necessarily wrong, but it's just a question of how much you can get how soon. And the president's pretty aggressive. So your will it work? We do not know. Your question about war with Canada was clearly a joke, but he took it completely seriously. I think he thought I meant a trade war or something. It was meant to be just hilariously ridiculous. Ah, no, I think he was ready to go pick up arms and. Wow, you think? Take him on. Wow. Wow. Yep. All quiet on the northern front. <laughs> um, we got clips of the week coming up, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. And. Got to start with the wartime propaganda trying to dehumanize Canadians. Start calling them moose humpers and claim that they, I don't know, bayonet house cats. There's a hot new precious metal. They're opening up mines all over the country for the first time in decades. Guess what the hot metal is? You're right, cobalt. (laughs) You had cobalt. You're a winner. (laughs) Clips of the week coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. China. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. school shopping this weekend, which my kids are a combination of excited for because they like getting new clothes and mm. shoes. Yes. And sad about because they don't want to go back to school. How are I, their, I never did. How are their mohawks maintaining? Uh, not well. That uh, <laughs> That is one of the things. we got to get a haircut that cleans up that whole mess. Oh, boy. I'd forgotten about the hawks. Well, I gave them the mohawk. And oh, right. Mm. I didn't do the greatest job, and they have not Went aged to well. dot com. <laughs> Are you even licensed to do such a thing? Oh, that's a good point. That's right. Haven't you had 2,000 hours of licensing? Yeah. Yeah. My youngest doesn't care, but the oldest is pretty unhappy with his hair currently. So. <laughs> Coming up, Jay-Z is the Rolling Stones. It's an effort to educate dad rock fans on hip-hop music. That's handy. Actually, fairly amusing. Okay. And informative. Sure. But right now, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. To the Iranian President Rouhani, we are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious! Exclamation point. Thanks to Trump's trade policies, the U.S. now has a giant stockpile of meat. Let me ask you this though: What about the uh, what about Laird? What's he going to do about it? I did that. That is disgusting. I know. You are a grown woman. I Get know. Get up off the floor. I know. That is disgusting. I know. 
I think I think this goes away quickly. I think what I think it's probably better do the Charleston thing. How Cross absolutely dare you, illegally. sir? Wow, everything coming up, Melania. And there you have it. Oh my, oh my, and what a week it was. I tell you that uh, that thing with Iran. Where we talked for like twenty four hours of Trump's going to take us to war with Iran. That 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 seems like it was months ago, and it's completely gone now. I think this pace is going to cause widespread mental illness. I think it already has. At the very least, cynicism about real headlines. I mean, because you can't take all this stuff this seriously every single day. At some point, you say, "Wait a second, wait a second. Another tweet at another country that you're claiming is a big deal." Didn't we do this already earlier yeah, this week? You'd think. Yeah. Although uh, Trump is crack cocaine for the media, including that it's just uh, about an hour ago. I was trying to figure out, you know, what we ought to be talking about in the next hour and just looking through the possibilities. And I kept my eyes kept coming back to controversial Trump statement. Right. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, let it rest. Um. Oh, yeah, I have one final note on Clips of the Week. You know how you've mentioned that you're a resting voice? You have resting, sarcastic voice? Yeah. You sound sarcastic even when you don't mean to be? Yeah. Rich, I love you. Rich, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Richard Nixon sounded conspiratorial no matter what he was saying. Can you get me a cup of coffee? I'd really like it. We should probably uh, look into pizza later. <laughs> If you know, if you know what I mean, have Laird look into pizza. Do you mean? Uh, in, do you mean break into the Democrat uh, National Committee? Uh, no, I just want to order a pizza. No, I, I just want a pizza. <laughs> uh, that's good. So Jay Z is the Rolling Stones. This is uh, what publication is this from, Sean? Uh, this is from Uprocks. Uprocks, one of our hip music websites. Um, and and they actually uh, indulge themselves in rather a long and amusing description of what dad rock is. And how it's not actually an insulting term because dads are nice and what's wrong with guitars, et cetera, et cetera. But it says it's a uh, I propose this dad rock to dad rap con- conversion chart because the stature now afforded to the Rolling Stones and David Bowie will soon be passed to the hip hop generation if it haven't been already, et cetera, et cetera. And to the headline Jay Z is the Rolling Stones. Both are legends in their prime. They did it as well as anybody. But currently they exist as generic symbols for their representative genres. People see the Stones now because they have an important client in town, quote, who likes seeing rock shows from a nice seat in a luxury box. Just don't ask them to name a track on Sticky Fingers that isn't Brown Sugar or Wild Horses. Jay-Z is like that for hip-hop. Yeah, 444 was pretty good, but so was Voodoo Lounge. The part of his career in which he was merely okay is now much longer than the part in which he was undeniably great. Really, that's interesting. I'm completely unaware of that. Right, right. His Some Girls is the Black Album. Okay. And feel uh, feel free, Sean, as a hippie-hop fan to jump in if you have any disagreements or anything. That checks out. I, yeah. I agree with all Interesting. that. Interesting. Eminem is the Eagles. Marshall Mathers, like Glenn Fry, Detroit native, who works out his petty issues with witchy women who have lion eyes by making absurdly popular stadium-filling jock jams. And then they make a joke about Joe Walsh, etc. Kanye West is David Bowie. I liked this one. This one's really good, because I know Kanye well enough to, to get this. Everybody loves David Bowie now, but in his prime, he was a polarizing polymath and button-pushing contrarian. Uh, the classic album he released in the midst of his controversial era, <clears throat> 1976's Station to Station, is disjointed and coke-fueled and contains only six tracks, which makes it comfortable to this year's Yee. 
Or do you pronounce that yay? Yay, I believe. Yay would make more sense, yeah. Uh, To be clear, station to station is much, much better than yay. Well, that's one man's opinion, but I get that, because I I was quite aware of David Bowie in the 70s. I was super hot for this girl whose older brother was like the super cool music freak in my town, in my middle school and high school. And he was into David Bowie, so I kind of got into him. And Oh, yeah, at, at the time, a lot of the stuff he put out was either... Really challenging or crap. But Drake is Tom Petty. He's the rare rapper who makes sense in the context of the older Gen X stars and the SoundCloud kids. He mentioned some of his uh, his teamings up compared to Tom Petty with the Wilburys, who were all at least 10 years older than he was in Legends. Um, and younger people like Eddie Vedder, Dave Grohl at all. Therefore, Dave, Drake is Tom Petty. Kind of a, a collective tissue between the genre uh, eras of, of the music. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar is Bruce Springsteen. Kendrick, like Drake, seems to be too young to consider dad rap, but then again, as, a, as the most revered rapper on the planet, he courts grown-up prestige where everything he says and does is freighted with so much meaning. The way people talk about Kendrick Lamar is reminiscent of how Bruce Springsteen was regarded in the mid-80s when Born in the USA put him in his commercial and critical zenith. He's a pop star who's treated like a politician. That was pretty good. Some good analysis. And it goes really deep. Pusha T is Lou Reed. Nas is Pearl Jam. (laughs) The Roots are Wilco. My favorite part of this as a Wilco freak is... While Questlove of the Roots and Jeff Tweedy like to appear as though they don't care how their hair looks, I would bet they actually care very much about looking precisely disheveled. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's nice. I don't want any of these people to die, but I'll be happy when some of them are completely gone, the older baby boomer favorite music acts. What do you mean gone? Like imprisoned or dead? Well, I think they'll have to be dead since they seem to refuse to continue to put out albums and tour and everything like that. Yeah, you can ignore them. I do now, most of it. It's hard. I just think it would... I can ignore them, yes, but I think it would open up some uh, conversational space in the media for covering other music. Right. There is no reason to ever, ever again talk about Bob Dylan. You know, Paul McCartney, the thing with... uh, uh, the, the fat foreigner, James Corden. Um, <laughs> I say that sort of thing kiddingly. Some people actually think I'm serious with that. Anyway, um, that was charming with Macca. It really was. But another word written about the Beatles is right. one word too no, many. Don't need it. Yeah. Don't need it. Don't need anything from the Rolling Stones anymore. Their latest album, their live album from San Jose, is just freaking awful. Who would buy that? I don't know. The Beastie Boys are Led Zeppelin. This might be my favorite one. Both were initially reviled critically for making horny, bombastic trash, and then celebrated for creating some of the most sonically pleasurable albums in the history of the genre. True Dad. Charlie Rose used to have the Beastie Boys on now and then have these long, detailed conversations about their art. I'm gonna give you every inch of my love. Seriously, Robert? Seriously? (laughs) What's coming up in your news, Marshall? American economic numbers looking good. Very, very good. We got new concerns about that Russian lawyer who claimed to have dirt on Hillary, and it's the last straw for Disneyland. What does that mean? Oh, I think I know. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. A zoo in Egypt has been accused of painting a donkey to make it look like a zebra. 
trying to fool zoo goers. That's right out of bounds. Huh? Huh? That's just, you can't uh, have that. How to... I take, How long would it take to get the thing even passable? I actually feel the other direction. I'm taking my five-year-old to the zoo, you know, shave a dog to make it look like a lion, paint a donkey to make it look a zebra. It doesn't make any difference to a little kid. They look a zebra. Yay. Are the tickets cheaper? Yeah, exactly. They almost yeah. got to be. It's perfect with dog, lions, and donkey or, zebras. Or you could go in and pet the lion because it's just a child that's been shaved. Right. So you give your kid a chance to pet the lion. And- right. Right, you got a you got a cow with a little dryer vent strapped to its face. Look, an elephant. <laughs> like that's when you do, to get into the head zoo. That's when you do the trick about putting your head in the lion's mouth. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Kids. Hey, has anybody watched the video of people getting into a fight at Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? We got to watch that video. Apparently, it's entertaining. I used to do sports play-by-play. I'd be happy to. I've seen a little bit of it. I gotta it's, believe it's morons beating on morons, isn't it's, it? It's a street fight. Yeah. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump is saying he is thrilled about the latest economic numbers. We've accomplished an economic turnaround of historic proportions. The U.S. gross domestic product, the GDP, growing at an estimated 4.1% during the second quarter. That is the best number since 2014. There was was that much growth in 2014 at one point? No, 2004 that should be. Oh, 2004, okay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, Trump is calling this an amazing rate of growth. These numbers are very, very sustainable. This isn't a one-time shot. I happen to think we're going to do extraordinarily well in our next report next quarter. I think it's going to be outstanding. I won't go too strong because then if it's not quite as good, you'll not let me forget it. But I think the numbers are going to be outstanding. Meanwhile, the president was also thanking North Korean leader Kim Jong-un for returning the remains of American MIAs from the Korean War. These incredible American heroes will soon lay at rest on sacred American soil. Trump saying that Vice President Mike Pence is going to be joining the families waiting for the remains. The remains of the 55 American soldiers are being returned now and more are expected. Part of that uh, deal worked out uh, between Trump and uh, Kim at their summit. Documents reviewed by the Associated Press show that the Moscow lawyer said to have promised Donald Trump's presidential campaign dirt on his Democratic opponent, work more closely with senior Russian government officials than she previously let on. Oh, yeah. She's clearly a, a spy, a spook, yeah. a goon, etc. Documents painting a portrait <clears throat> uh, of her as a well-connected attorney who served as a ghostwriter for top Russian government lawyers and got assistance from senior interior ministry personnel in a case involving a key client. What I don't get is why she didn't make up some Hillary stuff and really hook them. I, I still don't understand why she didn't do that. Because she had them on the line, right? You had, uh, right. was it Eric or Don Jr. or whichever one saying, oh, this sounds awesome, can't wait to meet with you. Well, according to everybody in the meeting, though, they immediately went to the Magnitsky Act and right. trying to get Russian sanctions softened and, and, right. and try to play the adoptions card and the rest of it. So but if Trump, I don't know what their long game was exactly. It but might if have been she's, just that. If she, <clears throat> damn it, if she's highly placed and his whole thing was to screw with our election, man, I'd have given him fake Hillary stuff. Well, yeah, but his whole thing wasn't to screw with the election. That was definitely a thing, but he also wanted sanctions mm-hmm. eased, so maybe he sent her to work on that angle. Right. I don't know. You know, I was thinking about the whole, uh, uh, the Donald claiming that he suspects the Russians will hack to uh, elect the Democrats this time. Right. And, you know, that would actually not be a bad strategy. 
Um, but it also occurs to me that if he just went way over the top trying to help Republicans and Trump... That's what I've been saying for a long time. I don't, know which, I don't know which I would do if I'd go back and forth yeah, right. to really make people crazy or stick with one party over and over and make them the party of Putin. Right. Or make it seem that way. Yeah, because that would harden people into yeah. their positions, which if you're trying to screw America... I'm sure he seems like right, right now a pretty good strategy. I'll bet he's had meetings with this on this very topic. Yep. You know, with the uh, really good economic numbers that came out today, you might uh, be somewhat surprised to know that uh, a lot of people are having a tough time still. A new survey found more than a third, more than a third of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. TD Bank's fourth annual Love and Money survey found that one in five couples are delaying buying a home and making other major purchases because of financial stress. I need more info than that, though. I've lived paycheck to paycheck when I didn't have to because I was spending too much. That was my fault, not the fault of any economic principles. And how many of those people are in that situation? The survey also found that a third of married couples say they argue about money at least once a month. I uh, had some very dear friends who were an absolutely great couple together, except one would spend like crazy and the oh, other would try rough. to rein them in. That's oh, rough. Yeah, that yeah. is a tough one. Yeah. Oh, you don't want a cop criminal relationship with your honey. It's just, it no. doesn't work. Oh. Well, it turns out it's the last straw for Disneyland. The Walt Disney Company says it's going to ditch those single-use plastic straws and stirs at all its locations around the world by the middle of next year, and it's going to cut the number of plastic shopping bags used at all of its parks. I'm fine with the at least the straws and the sticks and stuff like yeah. that. I don't like government laws or fines or anything, but we don't need all these straws and plastic things that get thrown immediately in the trash. That's right. a sure. crazy way to live. You know, I walked in this morning at uh, Oh Dark 30, and there was a, a cigarette butt snuffed out right there on the walk. And it's, I thought, what the hell? What's the matter with you people? And then I remembered, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right. people drop cigarettes and, and snuff them out on the sidewalk, the street, all the time, everywhere. So, you know, progress. And like you say, we don't need a zillion plastic straws clogging the landfills. It's, it's probably a move for the better. There you go. That's your news. Again, um, we don't need, like, the Santa Barbara City Council getting all uppity. <laughs> <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, squawky. How to preserve liberty in an orderly society. I got a lot of stuff, but a lot of it's serious, and I just don't know if that's the mood we want on a Friday. Huh? No? What? Yeah, you know, I watched some of the uh, Trump Star Walk of Fame fight, and uh, it was depressing. It's angry people screeching at each other belligerently, wanting to fight, and nobody giving the slightest uh, interest whatsoever in hearing anybody else's opinion. What are you doing showing up to Donald Trump's star on the Walk of Fame to either support him or decry him? Symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting for what's right. The petering out coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. 
So if you use Movie Pass, that's where you pay a monthly fee, and then you go to as many movies as you want. And a lot of people really like it, including our own Sean. It stopped working I yesterday. I bought that for my boy for Christmas. It stopped working yesterday, and uh, Movie Pass said, "Oh, some sort of a computer problem or something." Well, it turns out they ran out of money. Huh? <laughs> they ran out of money and had to shut her down. And they had borrowed $5 million, and they're trying to get it turned back on today. It's still not working some places. Well, it was pretty clear from the beginning that there was no way it was sustainable at the price they offered initially. And it was obviously getting people hooked. Then they'd raise it to a reasonable level. But somebody miscalculated somewhere. They were it was ridiculously cheap. What was it, 10 bucks a month ten, for ten, unlimited movies? Uh, 10 bucks a month, you can see a movie per day, right. every day of the year. Is it right. still that? Uh, certain, they've kind of tweaked a little bit at some of the restrictions. Uh, you can no longer see, uh, the same movie multiple times. That was not a, a restriction earlier on. Um, so yeah, they, they, they seem to kind of be fudging the lines of what you can and mm. can't do with it as they try to figure out a, a business a sustainability place. Sean likes any story with the word heist in it. Here's a heist of rare <laughs> books. Here's a guy who works at a library in Pittsburgh, had a lot of rare books. Turns out, over the last 25 years, he's been secretly stealing them. Yeah. And selling them to a dude. $8 million in rare books missing. And he had received $100,000 in checks from this rare book collector who would then sell them to people, including a uh, a book um, by George Washington and one signed by Thomas Jefferson. I mean, some really big-time historical pieces. And wasn't there like a Sir Isaac Newton or An something? Isaac Newton book valued it more than $800,000. Yeah. This guy yeah. just says greed got the best of me. He found this rare book dealer and the two of them would uh, steal them, fence them, and get, you know, pennies on the dollar. Yeah, $8 million of the books and you came out, you you made a hundred grand. That's not a ton. Yeah, a lot of stories of he'd get 5K for them, then they'd eventually end up on auction with phony uh, papers of how they came into the possession of the person selling them. And uh, that five thousand dollars book could go for eighty thousand dollars. Didn't have a certificate of authenticity. That's all I need. Well, you're a fool if you don't ask for one of those. Yeah. Here, I'll write you one up right now. <laughs> company makes a dollar, I make a dime. Exactly. So what do you do? And <laughs> whatever it is, it's on company time. That's right. That's right. You know, I've thought of uh, throwing a few dollars down on a rare this or a first edition that and i never pull the trigger mm. i've come close a couple of times what would you do if you owned one well see that's the thing i'd look at it from time to time and, and be happy that i own it first edition catcher in the rye but that doesn't make me a better person i mean that owning it or not owning, owning it? it okay i mean like uh, my hero hl menken i've thought of buying you know signed first editions of some of the stuff he did be really cool because he means a lot to me intellectually blah 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 but if I don't have that book, it still means a lot to me intellectually, and I can read the words, which how, is kind of the point. Yeah. How about if you had a lock of his hair? That'd be great. Huh? That would, be, or or a swath of his skin would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> Some of his toenail clippings. Oh, jeez. A lock of his hair, which was so common for most of American history. Yeah, that's why it exists. You'd write a uh, a celebrity or a politician or a president and request a lock of their hair, and they go ahead and snip one off and send it to you. It's crazy. Beautiful hair. We've railed against various wheelchair Nazis over the years. There's a guy in California that was ruining, shutting down lots of great businesses um, just because he wanted to make money. All in the name of handicapped accessibility. But he was just a scumbag. And these people exist all over the country. There's a guy in New York who was doing that. He'd go to business after business after business, extort money out of him. Well, anyway, somebody got a video of him up out of his chair walking around, so... Well, that really doesn't have anything to do with much, but I mean, it, you can be as handicapped as hell. It's still an extortion ring, right? It's a racket. 
But and, and I could be able-bodied and go into these places with a tape measure, seeing if this handrail yep. is a quarter right. inch and too and low or whatever. Is, it is to show you the sappiness of American people. They, uh... All right. I mean, if you're handicapped, you can do no wrong. If you're able-bodied, wait a minute, you're immediately under suspicion. I mean, we're just a couple a of my favorite people. businesses were shut down by wheelchair Nazis, and uh, for no good reason. And one of them is still in an empty building, and nothing there. Didn't help anybody to uh, get rid of that particular ice cream place. All those people lost their jobs, etc. Right. Yeah, but the extortionist got paid. That's the key. It's very maddening. Yeah. Anyway, didn't yep. want to end on a maddening note. No, certainly not. Can't have that. There's no. a parasite in cats that might be able to make you smarter. So, I don't know. Eat your cat's poop, I guess. No, that's, <laughs> I think you're misunderstanding what? the article. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you might want to rewrite, reread that. Okay. <laughs> Please. Do your own homework, people. Vandals went after Betty DeVos's yacht. Do you know who she is? Yeah, she's the uh, Secretary of Education. Do you know she has a $40 million yacht? I did not know that. Her family has it. Yes. $40 million <clears throat> yacht. You have to have a lot of other things that are really, really nice before you get around to having a $40 million yacht. Well, that is their family's 10th yacht. Wouldn't? Yeah, the, the boat is one of at least 10 yachts owned by the, uh, the DeVos family. Which also has. Yachts. Heard that. This is not some sort of people who are rich shouldn't be in positions of power thing. She is extraordinarily rich, though. Ten, Ten yachts, yachts, four planes, and two helicopters for that family. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, somebody did five thousand dollars worth of damage to her yacht. I think she'll be okay, but it's not cool because we you took know, out a tail because light? she's evil and she works for Trump. So. That's a good point, so we hate her, and we hope bad things happen to her. Speaking of women and their vehicles, I found this story utterly charming, and I'll tell you why. How much time do we have, Michael? It's about time to start our last segment, actually. It's time? Yeah, it is. Well, I I just, you know, uh, you might not guess it, but uh, women's rights is a thing with me, and uh, uh, the subjugation of women around the world I find horrifying, particularly in the Muslim world, and I've been very happy with some of the reforms in Saudi Arabia, and they're letting women drive now. And they got all sorts of cute colored little cars and little mini SUVs and all ready for the girls. Turns out what the women of Saudi Arabia want is muscle cars. They want loud, powerful muscle cars. Awesome. And I think of my two daughters and I think, yeah, you go, Saudi women. What's not to like? Brief. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought uh, from everybody on the staff. Hey, Positive Sean, final thoughts? It is the stat of the day, maybe the stat of the month, but Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout is five years older than Wilford Brimley was when he starred in the movie Cocoon. <laughs> Do with that what you will, but I still don't know how to process that properly. Kerblewy, there goes my mind. Marshall Phillips, your final thought? I've got friends coming to you uh, visit me, so I went out and bought a new mop. We'll spend the weekend cleaning my sketchy kitchen floor. Sketchy. Yes. You're just like Betsy DeVos with that super celebrity lifestyle. Yes. Dust bunnies and whatnot. Yeah. Everywhere. Mm. Michelangelo, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, this may be the greatest day of my life when I found out that there's a factory where they do nothing but make cheesecake. I love cheesecake, <laughs> yeah. especially oh, Oreo yeah. cheesecake, oh, yeah. strawberry cheesecake. Cheesecake's hard to beat. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Two things. We got a couple of texts. Why was it me singing website of the week in the clips of the week? That's a pretty good question. Because I'm a failure. And uh, uh, my wife's making an apple pie this weekend, and I've got three days in a row of eating good going. But if she makes an apple pie, forget it. Forget it. Elastic Pants Monday.
<laughs> My final thought is I'm going off to a doctor today to see about a joint problem. And, you know, I feared uh, some of the various treatments uh, that might be coming down the road, but Reminds me very much of conversations I had with my wife when she was pregnant. At the point of the frightening thing that is childbirth, you're so effing sick of being pregnant, you just don't care anymore. Bring it if it'll end this! And so I'm kind of at that point with my uh, my joint. Have you had tried a joint for your joint problem? Yeah, it's legal now. You shouldn't yeah. have any problems getting joints, man. Trust me, I've uh, I've thought of it. Rumor is I may have swung that way back in the past, and I found that it made me stupid. <laughs> and I'm already a little borderline-ish. So, me singing website of the week apparently is at the website if you want to check that out. I don't know why you would. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. See you Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll be here. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.